0: Thank you, Bell Choir, for so beautifully reminding us of the time of year we are in, Thanksgiving Day coming up this coming Thursday. Of course, we'll have worship service that morning. You're welcome to join us at 10 o'clock on Thursday morning. Is it 10 o'clock? Yeah, 10 o'clock Thursday morning. But to thank God for all that he has done for us. Thank you for that wonderful reminder. As we prepare (coughs) to hear God's word, we turn in the Psalter hymnal to number 41. Number 41, the earth and the fullness with which it is stored, the world and its dwellers belong to the Lord. We're going to sing the text of number 41, but use the tune from across the page, number 42. So we'll be singing the tune of 42, but the text of 41, and we will sing all three verses. Let's stand together as we sing. This morning, God's Word comes to us from the book of Malachi, chapter 3, Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament, this text found on page 1021 in the Pew Bibles, Malachi chapter 3. We are going to begin our reading at verse 6 and then read just through verse 12. Malachi 3, beginning at verse 6. What we hear now is God's Word. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, this morning we are uh, between uh, two sermon series. We finished our series on knowing God last week. We will start our Advent series for this year next week, which means this morning there is a bit more freedom uh, in the choice of the text for today. I'm not bound to a particular series. It was brought up in the uh, council room uh, not so long ago that um, I had not preached on giving since coming here. And I didn't say anything at that point. I did go home and check my records, uh, which I keep fairly copiously, and uh, found that, yes, in fact, I had preached on giving uh, just a little over a year ago. Uh, But I thought that if it wasn't memorable, perhaps we should have another sermon on giving. I was tempted, I was tempted to preach the exact same sermon. But if you didn't remember it the first time, you won't remember it the second time. So, um, and I think it's appropriate, I think it's appropriate um, to be reminded of God's call for us to give and the blessing of giving, and particularly as we enter this week of Thanksgiving to to help us to properly give thanks to God. So this morning, we turn to one of what I would call the classic or standard texts about giving. Uh, This text from Malachi chapter 3. You'll remember that uh, Malachi is a post-exilic prophet. Uh, God had sent his people away into exile. He had warned them about that through the other prophets. And then they are back in the promised land again. And Malachi comes to speak to them. Uh, Malachi is a wonderful book. He has a very interesting writing style in that he will place an argument in the mouth of the people and then have God answer that argument. You will say this and God's answer to that particular concern. The the overall focus of the book of Malachi is, is Malachi's concern about the proper worship of God. They are back in the promised land, the temple has been rebuilt, sacrifices and offerings are being offered, but but it was an empty worship. It was a worship without heart in their offerings. If you turn back to Malachi chapter 1, we read there in verse 6, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts? And now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us. With such a gift from your hand, will he show favor to any of you, says the Lord of hosts. Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors, that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. They were offering things to God out of simply formality. God had asked for particular sacrifices. They were bringing polluted sacrifices. They were bringing the worst, not the best. And so God, through Malachi, comes to warn them about proper worship, warn them that his, his standards have not changed. That's how we begin. I, the Lord, do not change, O children of Israel. I do not change, my statutes do not change. I require, I still require, proper sacrifice. Therefore, he says, return to me, and I will return to you. Return, go back to what I've asked you to do, and you will see my hand of blessing. That theme of returning is really the theme of the book of Malachi, and the theme of our sermon this morning, return to the Lord. So so this morning in Sunday school, the second and third and fourth graders got a special book to help them take notes during the sermons, so kids, the theme of the sermon, what's the sermon about? There's a little space to write that in, is return to the Lord. Return to the Lord. We're going to talk about that this morning. So I want to try to help those uh, second, third, and fourth Sunday schoolers to, to help them be able to take their notes in, sermon, in sermons even a little bit better. And, and as, the, as that theme of return to the Lord, and I'll return to you in blessing, uh, Malachi gives a very specific and concrete example of how God wants them to return. He wants them to return not only with proper worship, but proper sacrifices. Bring the proper offerings. Bring the proper gifts that I have called you to bring. He he challenges them in their giving. And that same challenge, um, appropriate for Israel, uh, is appropriate for us too. To make sure that our worship is not simply formal, is not simply external. But our worship and our giving are a matter of a a heart that loves the Lord. Verse 6. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers... You have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God, yet you are robbing me? Divine robbery. God says, return to what I've called you to do. Return to my standards, my instructions. And we say, how shall we return? You shall return by giving what is proper. You shall return by giving what I have asked of you. Now, God could have used a number of examples with regard to his worship. But he chooses this very specific example, this very concrete example, Give to me what I have asked of you. The offerings were to be of a particular character. They were to be without blemish. They were to be the best of the flock. And as we read, they were bringing the weak and the lame and the blind. They were bringing the last and the least, not the best as God had required. So God says, Will you rob? Will a man rob God? Verse 9 goes on How have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. They wanted a blessing. They wanted a blessing from God. And yet they were not doing what God had required. And so rather than blessing, they receive a curse. They had rebuilt the temple of God, a place for them to worship, a place for them to sacrifice. And yet, they were far from God. Their hearts were far from Him. The whole nation not giving as they were called. So return, return to me, return to my ways. A reminder that that our worship particularly our giving, is not simply a matter of that which is external, but also that which is internal. Now, Israel was doing neither. They thought they were offering the external offerings, but they were not the offerings that are required. So their external offerings were deficient, and their internal was deficient as well. For their hearts were not filled with love for the Lord, and they were robbing God. Both are necessary. A heart of love and devotion that desires to give to God and a gift that God requires. God says, I do not change. I have been faithful in all of my ways and I'm calling you to be faithful to me. If you are not seeing the blessing you desire, don't blame me, God says, the blame is yours. The fault is yours. In robbing God, you are also robbing yourself. God does not give his blessing where where his standards, his laws, his ordinances are ignored. Where the weak and the lame are being offered. If you're not seeing the blessing, God says, don't point the finger at me. You're under my curse because of what you have done. To rob God is to rob ourselves. And so he goes on and he has these words in verse 10. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no need for more. God gives this bold challenge. Bring the full tithe in. There may be food. Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. Put me to the test. Now, kids, he says, bring the full tithe in. What's a tithe? Maybe you want to write this down in your notebooks. A tithe is a tenth. A tenth of what God has given to us. So, kids, if I gave you um, 10 dimes, if I had in my hand 10 dimes, and I gave you 10 dimes, and I said, all I ask is that you take one of those dimes and you put it in the offering. That's a tithe. That's a tenth. Now, if I gave you $10 bills, and I said, you can keep all of them, but I want you to take one of them, and put it in the offering, that's a tithe. If I did that with $20 bills, your parents would line up down here to see if they could get the the, the 20s, okay? It's a tithe, it's a tenth. It's a portion of what God has given to us. Bring the full tithe, the full tenth, into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test. Now when God says, uh, put me to the test. We know that God is always faithful to his word and his promises. When he says put me to the test, what he's really saying is put yourselves to the test. Do you believe me? Do you believe that I will do what I have said? Do you believe me that I will provide for you all of your needs? Let's test that, says God. And we test that by you bringing the full tithe into the storehouse. Because we remind ourselves, as we read earlier and sang earlier from Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything belongs to God. It's all His. He holds title to it all. And he chooses to give us whatever he provides. Everything we have comes from his fatherly hand. And so God says, you can test me because I will continue to provide for you. We are simply stewards of all that God has given to us. He owns it all. I I, I lay claim to nothing in this life of my own. It's all a gift from him. Israel had seen God's faithfulness They should have known he would be faithful He had brought them back from exile and they were once again in the promised land He once again had a king sitting on David's throne and The temple this place of sacrifice had been rebuilt They should have known God would be faithful in all things. He says, return to me. You know I've done everything for your best interests. Return to my ways. Return to my statutes. Return to my ordinances. Return. Because I am a faithful God. You You can test me in this. God comes to us today. And we have seen God's faithfulness in the past. We have seen God's faithfulness to his word. When he says, for all who confess me, you will have your sins forgiven, we've seen that. We know when we confess our sins, God does wash us, he does cleanse us. When God says, I will take you from darkness to light, we have seen that. When he says, I will take you from death to life, we have seen that. We have seen his faithfulness in our spiritual life. That God has provided all of our spiritual needs. He's given us a church, a place to worship him. He's given us his holy word. He's given us the sacraments. All these spiritual blessings come from him. But it's so easy for us to say, well, fine, fine. God can take care of our spiritual needs. But what about real life? What about our physical needs? Can I trust Him there? Oh, yes, I know. He saved my soul. But can I trust Him with with the very physical things I need in this life? God says, I do not change. I do not change. You can test me in this. Return to me and know my blessing and know my favor. This text on uh, tithing, for those of you who currently have the practice of tithing, I hope this is an encouragement to you, a reminder that God has not changed, a reminder that God will continue to provide for you. He will continue to be faithful. For those who are not currently tithing. I, I hope you you receive this as, as something of a challenge from God Himself. Test me in this and see if I will not be faithful to continue to take care of you. Do we have the trust to believe God will provide for us? Because, because tithing, it's not something you can fake. There are other parts of our spiritual life that we can fake. We can come to church and we can open the songbook and we can sing the words, but our hearts might be a hundred miles away and we fake devotion to God. We We can bow our heads in prayer, but we are unengaged with the prayers of the church. We can fake those things. We can even preach sermons with our hearts unconcerned about the Word of God. There are parts of our spirituality we can fake, we can fool others. Tithing is not like that. Either you do or you don't. And it's very easy to tell the difference. All we have to do is open our checkbooks and we will see whether this is part of our spiritual life. We can fake our singing, we can fake our prayers, we can fake our sermons, but you can't fake the numbers. Either we are or we aren't. Now I know, I know a lot of the objections, I've heard the objections to um, the call to tithe today. I've heard this objection. um, That this is not a New Testament command. This is an Old Testament command. This is what God wanted before and not what he wants now. We don't use that type of hermeneutic, that way of reading scripture, to understand what God wants. All of it is God's word. All of it is divine, all of it is inspired, all of it's infallible. And so we don't say, well, just because it was in the Old Testament it doesn't apply to us today. In fact, Jesus himself in the New Testament commends tithing as a good practice. It was not simply for the Old Testament. And, and when we look at the flow of redemptive history, we see that tithing for us should be the very Minimal, the very beginning of our, of our giving. What do I mean by that? The flow of redemptive history. In the Old Testament, God had chosen one particular people for his love and for his concern. But when Christ comes, now that one particular people is all the nations. Every tribe and language and people and nation now can know the blessing of God. There is an expansion in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the covenant sign of membership in God's people was circumcision, which was available for males only. Only they could receive the sign. But in the coming of Christ, in the New Testament, not only males received the covenant sign, now baptism, but women as well, girls as well. There's an expansion in the New Testament. No, it's just the same should be true for our giving. In the Old Testament times, God required a tithe. God required a tenth. But with the coming of Christ and the reality of what he's done for us, tithing should be the beginning of our giving, not the end. It's the beginning. We have an expansion, and that should be reflected in the giving that we do. Um, Some people try to get... Tied up in exactly how we tithe, what we tithe on. Do we tithe on our net earnings? Do we tithe on our gross earnings? Um, I always just simply ask, well, which did God provide? (laughs) Did he provide your net earnings? Did he provide your gross earnings? The government's going to tax you on your gross, and they will take their portion. Are we going to fail to give God his portion? Will man rob God? Some people say, well, I make so little, it really doesn't matter. The the amount I make um, just just wouldn't make a difference. And that's the beauty of proportional giving. It doesn't matter if you make a lot. It doesn't matter if you make a little. God has said, return to me a portion, a portion of what I have given to you. And and God has given us what that portion is. (laughs) He said, return to me the tithe. I heard heard a great message on giving. It's been a couple years ago. Great message on proportional giving. And the minister was just just nailing it all the way through. Give as you have been blessed. Give as God has provided for you. Give proportionally to God. And he got to the very end of the sermon, and he says, so so I want you all to give in proportion to what God has given to you. What should that proportion be? How about 3%? And Well, where did that come from? (laughs) The sermon was great all the way through. But in the end, he missed God's proportion. <laughs> God has given us this, this guideline for our giving. How do we return to him? Uh, a bold challenge to give, um, to give as God has called us to. But, but look what he says after that. He says, test me. He says, bring the full tithe. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. The blessing God promises is an abundant blessing. See if I will not open the windows of heaven. Where else in the Bible, kids, does that phrase show up? Open the windows of heaven. That phrase, open the windows of heaven, shows up In the flood story, we are told that in the flood, God opened the windows of heaven and the water came down. There was a deluge that covered the whole earth. This is the nature of God's blessing. He does not give his blessing out with an eyedropper. I'll give you just a little bit. He says, I will open the windows of heaven for you and provide for you in abundance. I think one of the reasons we sometimes fail to tithe is we're afraid we're going to lose out on something, but God holds the shares of everything in creation, and He will provide for all of our needs. Maybe you say, "Yeah, but I'm tithing. I don't see that. I don't see you know, lots of money coming in. Well, look what, what He says in verse 11. After promising this blessing, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear. I'll rebuke the devourer. When God is, is, is faithful to his word, when God blesses us, perhaps that's in the case of what doesn't happen. Our children are healthy. They're not they're not uh, going to the doctor and incurring huge doctor bills. They go for their regular checkups and everything's fine. And we say, that's God's provision. He's rebuking the devourer. Maybe, maybe uh, that washer and dryer that should have broken down five or six years ago just keeps working for us. God's rebuking the devourer. Maybe, maybe when we get into our car, our old car, and we say a prayer before we turn the key every time, every time it keeps starting for us. I'll rebuke the devourer. Look for God's blessing. See what he is doing in that things continue to go forward for us. Uh, Yes, perhaps there are not checks flowing in in the mail. We don't get Ed McMahon, you know, coming with a check for us. Uh, Now, we have to be very careful. Whenever we preach about giving, always have to be very, very careful that we not confuse wealth with blessing. There are some people who have very, very much wealth, but it's not necessarily a blessing from God. So we cannot confuse wealth with blessing, and we also can't confuse blessing with wealth. We may be blessed by God in many ways, but it may not come in the form of checks in the mail or cash on the doorstep or whatever it might be. We have the blessing of knowing our God is caring for us. He says, you can be sure, you can even test me, and I will promise to do what I have said. I will promise to care for you. We pray, give us this day our daily bread, and God continues to answer that prayer day after day after day after day. All of our needs met from his fatherly hand. He says, I will pour out the blessing, verse 12, then all the nations will call you blessed, for you'll be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Even the nations will notice. These people are blessed by God. They will see and they will desire. Oh, how do I have that blessing? How do I have that assurance? And we will simply tell them, we are, we are the recipients of God's goodness because He is faithful to His word. We deserve nothing but motivated by love because of what God has done for us, we, in loving devotion, give our gifts to Him and He faithfully provides for all of our needs because of what God has done for us, because of of the glories of Christ, because He has taken us from death to life. He's secured a spiritual inheritance for us and He can meet all of our physical needs as well. Malachi Uh, came to a people who wanted to be blessed, but their hearts had become cold, had become callous. Uh, He comes with this very real and practical challenge, test me in this. And I I guess this morning, I would would echo that challenge. Uh, God has not changed. Uh, Return to me. Return to my ways. Return to my standards for how you should live. The blessed life may not be... uh, you know, showers of cash and various different things, but it is a blessing of God, knowing He cares for us, knowing He watches over us. We give not the lame, not the blind, not the least and the last, but we give of the first fruits. We give according to what He has called for, and we trust God will be faithful. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test says Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we know that all of our life belongs to you. Our spiritual life, our physical life, our financial life and you've given us instructions in every part of our life as well. Thank you for your word, for all of your word. Thank you for the comforts of your word and the challenges of your word. Help us, O God, to to heed you. Uh, You have not changed. Your statutes have not changed. Help us to return to your patterns, uh, even of our giving life. And we trust, O God, we trust that you will see fit to open the windows of heaven for us. The devourer, devourer, devourer will not overcome us, will not destroy, but you will continue to care for us. You will continue to provide for us. Encourage our hearts and strengthen our faith. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.